Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat with PTs. This is the series where we chat with various health professionals from a wide range of backgrounds about a wide range of topics. This week we chat to Will Turville of Build Fitness. He's fairly new into the industry, but in the short time he has learned many a lesson, one of them being the challenges of starting a business during COVID with a friend. After we establish Will's top three gym pet peeves, he talks us through how he went from doing a degree in golf coaching to working his way up in the fashion brand Hollister to then being fired for something that we uh, do not disclose live on the podcast. But once he told us off air, uh, yeah, it's clear to why he was fired. He then moved on to an events management role, working up to 100 hours a week to then finally getting into the fitness industry. So yeah, he's been through a lot, learned a lot of lessons along the way before he finally got to the climax of his career, appearing on the Chat Shit Get Fit podcast. But it was uh, it was worth the wait, and we hope you enjoy this jovial bit of storytelling in this week's episode. So let's get into it. Greetings, friends. How are we? Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. I'll throw, I'll throw him off straight away with the greetings. Just, just get him with a completely random. <laughs> I know. Intro. Who the fuck says greetings? I know. Yeah. Well, I've been, ch- I'm changing it every week now. I'm keeping right, it fresh. You know what? It's boring, doesn't it? So I actually sent out an email the other day that said greetings, and I got absolutely fucking ripped into. <laughs> what about your manager? And I, well, yeah, like when do I ever send emails? Like, yeah, that's a good I point. never send emails. You send emails. You send loads of emails. I do. Yeah. Like, at awkward, unsociable times. But like, yeah, I, I opened up my first email with greetings and uh, yeah, I got absolutely torn into. But yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well this evening. It is uh, quite a, uh, you know, special day, especially for me and you, Bill. It is, uh, it is the 11th of the 11th. Oh, it is. So uh, yeah. everyone's paying their respects. Everyone's got their Asda poppy pizzas. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you said you were going to talk about this. Yeah, go on. Tell us about I this know. Asda poppy pizza. which is. I'm um... pretty sure it was Asda. It might be Morrison's, but they're all the same, isn't they? They're all in the same pocket. They're all run by the government. Um, are they? Big, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was aware of this. You know, you get like big pharma, big tech, you get big Asda as well. All right. Yeah, I have a, we have actually got a big Asda as well. I love going down to the I've Big been Asda. There. Yeah, I've been there. Mass- you have been there, haven't you? You've been to Big Asda. You're part mm. of it. But yeah, um, for some reason, whoever it was, Big Morrison's, Big Asda, it wasn't Big Sainsbury's because I'd recognised the packaging. But uh, they, for some reason, thought it would be like, you know, really respectful to make a poppy pizza. Mm. And it was just the most fucking absurd thing I've ever seen. It looks like have Peppa Pig in a car crash. Have you got a picture of this, Tom? I really wish I had. Did you not You're bringing this on me now. This is where editing comes into it. Poppy pizza. Oh, my God. Yep, there it is. Good, get up, get up. Oh, no, it's Tesco. It's Big Tesco. Big Tesco, right, of course it is, yeah. Let's Big look Tesco with their poppy pizza. Uh, yeah, the sentiment's there. <laughs> I can't quite so make just it out, pe- but... <laughs> I mean, we'll it go, is we'll horrendous. There's your big poppy pizza. Yeah, I see what you mean, Tom. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, what a way to celebrate and the, yeah, thin crust. Welcome to the show, Will. Um, yeah, thank you very much. We're, we're an evidence-based much. podcast about health, fitness, nutrition, yeah. uh, and performance. Um, and yeah, we're talking about Bobby Pizzas. But now we're back with a chat with PTs, and we've got uh, Will with us today. Welcome to yeah. the show. Well, thank you very much for having Welcome, me Will. on. Now I've been excited, yeah, since you cracked we, up. We've been, been very excited. Yeah, it's good. I mean, a couple of questions that you've given me, I've uh, tried to make them the answers as exciting as possible, and uh, hopefully we'll come up with some good conversations. Yeah, I like it. Well, we'll, we'll get straight into it then, Will. So we like to start these episodes pretty much the same way, and that is with establishing your top three gym pet peeves now before you get into these will we are going to rank these right um 
Tom, I'm going to come to you for this one. I'm not really sure what the ranking system is at this point. We've been we've been from you know Savile to the RPC scale. To, I mean, we've been we've been we've been around. There might Talk be a me. pizza one in there somewhere, uh, but yeah. <laughs> what we got? What we got? Will, I'm sure you're familiar with the RPE scale, so the rate of yeah, sleep yeah. exertion. Yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, how hard exercise usually is, with one usually being really easy, and ten being oh sweet Jesus, I'm meeting my maker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, in regards to gym pet peeves, so you're going to tell us your pet peeves. Yeah. And me and Bill are going to rank them on the RPC scale, which is rate of perceived country. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's very, you know, it's very subjective, isn't it? I might think it's a little bit cunty. Bill might think, well, that is that is a massive muff. It's like being on the, <laughs> it's, like being, it's like being on the gentleman. Have you seen that film? I've yeah, I've seen. Yeah, that. Oh, mate, it's so good, yeah. very good. Do you know what? I've not watched it properly, but I like to tell people I have because I just watched a lot of snippets on YouTube from it. Yeah, yeah. So right. technically, if I piece it all together, I have seen it. And you that is how uh, someone that is financially as fucked as I am gets to watch movies nowadays. <laughs> just snippets <laughs> on brilliant. YouTube. Quick snippets. The best parts, the best oh, parts anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the trailer. Point. <laughs> so now we've established that scale, well, let's go straight into it. Let's hit, hit with you number one. Right, okay. Well, I've gone obviously like not fitness kind of industry based, but literally specifically in the gym, pet peeves, right? Okay. That's yeah, yeah. what I've done, yeah. So um, number one is people wearing a weightlifting belt um, for all exercises at all points in the session. Um, namely, when exercise, yeah, just because you don't get the benefit when you actually put it on and it's it just over like three layers of jumpers as well like it yeah, yeah i just don't get it i just don't get it like i don't want to name names obviously people that listen and know me will probably know who i <laughs> know who i'm calling out here as well just, but, just say general population yeah the general yeah. population yeah, yeah i think bastards. that um it's an odd one it's an odd one for me because it's a bit obviously it's other people and i don't know obviously like call out other people but yeah that gets to me because um other people are scum. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. They are. They really are. Yeah, there's no filter on this podcast, Will. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> I can see Tom getting very excited there because we have we have spoken about this before, and Tom even shared a yeah. picture of uh, someone on the what was it the lap pull down? No, it's a dip station. The dip the the dip station machine wearing a lifting belt. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Over a hoodie, uh, and yeah, Tom, you took a bit. That was in your gym, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks for grasping me on that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> God, you really fucked me there, haven't you? Yeah, take a photo of your members. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we have spoken about this before, and my opinion is uh, still the same. Like, to me, that's a seven. That's a seven. It, it is annoying. It is frustrating to see. But at the same time, I've got to remember that the general population doesn't know shit about anything. <laughs> Yeah. most times and it's one of those things where people like having the gear but don't have an idea so they don't know about bracing they don't know the purpose of a belt they just assume it's like a band they, they put it on and it automatically does the rest for them and it's not the case you know it is about it's not it's not causing any harm in, is it Tom it's not inherently it's, fucking you know it's, it's, it's not but it's, it's still annoying it's fucking stupid yeah yeah I think that's it's still thing, annoying though, with a lot of things a lot of people out there in the industry they like yeah. call out like foam rolling for example like actually mm. is that actually doing any harm that person doing it for 10 minutes you yeah. don't need to call them out but at the same time you want to be a bit like look lad, let's yeah. <laughs> let's move hey, well, on are you slagging off our fucking episode on foam rolling mate because i'll no, kick i like i like i like actually uh going at digging at james smith there so <laughs> it's kind of like when you know other countries not pointing anyone out but it's like when america spells things like color on oh, for fuck's sake where, where? or al- <laughs> aluminium 
you know, it's not necessarily harmful, but it's really frustratingly, murderously annoying. Mm-hmm. Murderously. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's kind of like that. It's not harm anyone, but it's still frustrating to see. It's still frustrating yeah, to see. I think I'll, I'll go with you there, Tom. I think seven is a good a good number because it is, yeah, it's annoying, but I said, if they feel yeah. comfortable in their little belt, you know, they're, they're getting out and exercising. You know, George, that's the there. one time where I've really got to stop breaking my own cardinal rule, which is giving unsolicited advice. <laughs> I just want to tell up to them. I want to hug them and say, look, it's okay. Your spine's going to be okay. Yeah. You don't need a belt for... Uh, what, what are you doing a plank or doing yeah exactly yeah you don't have to do that but no i mean like they're not harming anyone but yeah still frustrating solid seven solid yeah, seven good. it's a good start with it's not a bad start will oh, yeah. reasonable yeah yeah so number two this one's a little bit more specific to actually performing an exercise it's when you are say benching or squatting in a rack and the rack is at a different angle or align differently to the actual platform that you're lifting on. So say if you're squatting and you've got your, obviously you're getting your feet parallel, you get your, you get your stance set, but then the rack is say five degrees off or like skewed. Yeah. So you're, then when you are, when you then think you're parallel and in a good set position, it's all off to all of the lines on the floor and the racks just completely skew. If it throws me off, it's even the same when you're benching, if you're lying in a bench and you've got like the rack and it's above you and the, even the ceiling tiles are going along parallel, but then you're benching at a different angle, it just throws wow. me all off. This, this is so specific. That, that, be, yeah, that yeah. was actually really interesting because I actually know exactly what you mean because yeah. my gym is suffering from the same thing at the moment. I don't know how to score that. That's really bloody yeah, interesting. Yeah, because I've got, for example, I go train at a couple and there's one specific one where every time I go, I have to actually de-load all of the plates off the side of the rack and yeah. shuff, like pull it back like a good three, four inches so it's square. Because obviously where people shove, like, shove their bar unnecessarily, I guess yeah. that could be another yeah, pet you. peeve, it just shunts it around. And then that's obviously then not straight for a setup or anyone that's trying to use it. So. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those people where I I actually prefer to bench press in a in a rack yeah yeah uh, compared to an actual dedicated you know flat bench um, so that obviously means I have to get the adjustable bench out you yeah, know yeah. which makes it weird because then I like to line it up with the wooden platform but yeah my gym is really weird so Bill you've been to my gym you've seen it it's you've got it's it hasn't got its own dedicated platform it's just one big rubberized floor. But then the actual wooden platform is actually drilled into it and the squat rack has just been fitted around it. Mm. So it's not like how the actual platform is actually f- flush with the rack. So actually, you can tell, especially when you are benching, because suddenly something on the scene looks diagonal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than that, actually exactly horizontal. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really, really frustrating because there's nothing I can do about that. It is just super frustrating. So what I have to do is I have to slightly, by even if it's just like a couple of millimetres, but it makes all that difference. I have to adjust the adjustable bench. And I actually have to put it what looks like off-centre when I'm angle, trying to, yeah, yeah. yeah, measure it up flush with the actual platform. But because the, the rack isn't flat, flush with the platform, it's going to be off wonky anyway. Do you know what? That's 10. That's 10 yeah. because yeah. I'm like getting angry thinking yeah. about it. Oh. And I'm actually... I'm actually looking at my toolbox across the room and thinking, you know what, I could do this. I could go down at 3 a.m. and I can unscrew the whole rack and, you know, 
it's making me frustrated thinking about it. I'll be honest with you, Tom, though. I'm sitting there thinking, I've never experienced this at all. So I'm just like, I've got no opinion on this at all. I've never, ever experienced what you two are talking You've about. You've never, I ever get... bench pressed. I've never bench pressed. <laughs> oh, you cheeky. It's become, it's become more and it's become less apparent now that I train in a different style of training, to be fair, and I'm using rigs and stuff. But back in the day when I was trying to set up various exercises, yeah, it had to be all parallel and if the the ceiling or the floor tiles weren't parallel, it was a nightmare. Do you know what though? It never used to be as uh, so. Going back to uh, my rack again, it never used to be as bad as what it was. But we ended up getting noise complaints from the neighbours next door because <laughs> they live literally right next to where our Olympic uh, platforms are. Mm. So um, we had to actually have the the rig, like the racks. Sorry. It's one of those where it's like three of them all drilled together, yeah, yeah. like a big rig system with pull-up bars. We actually had to have that drilled out, drilled out of the floor. Then they had to double up, double up the rubber mat in, and then re-drill it back in. So it's the second time they've gone to do it, they've done it off centre, and it's completely fucked it. Yeah, that's. And I'm pretty sure I'm the yeah. only one that knows about it. I'm the only one that's because worse. I'm the when only you, one you know I'm, as well. When you know that's even more frustrating, isn't it? Know, you just always see it. It's always, in your, it's always in your vision, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's ten, you? So you're saying ten, Tom. I'm going for ten just because it's frustrating me. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go middle with a five. It's got to be a five. Oh, for you're. Me. Yeah. I, well, I, feel, I just never experienced it's it. Personal really... to me, I feel powerless. <laughs> you feel powerless. I feel powerless. I feel powerless. I can I can see where the frustration is. I can see, I can I can honestly, especially if you know someone, if you've got you know an OCD or something like that, it could be you know. Well, yeah, it's no shit. I'm actually twisting my cables thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you need to take a moment, Tom? Do you, do you need to pause the podcast? Yeah. Okay. De stress. I'm going to be back in about an hour. I'm going to go get me ratchet and uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my luck. I'll put it in one way. I'll put it vertical. Yeah, I've set it off. Well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should. That was good. That's a ten. I'll that's take a, a ten. That's good. I'll take a ten and a five. Yeah. Yeah, I've never. I mean, we've never had that one, so that's. I mean, that's a positive in, in itself. And then the third one, like I was just thinking about what's been doing in my head in recently, and I think it's, it's specifically on a lap pull down machine when the said user allows himself just to get flung back up by it, and then the weight crashes down, and it just is. It's a different noise. I don't mind people dropping bars above their head onto the ground. I don't mind people dropping dumbbells so much, but that specific lap pull down machine when they finish their rep and they just allow it just to slam down and make the most loud because it it's almost like a it's an unexpected crash and then it just throws me off my training and it Mm. just i'm just it's more the obnoxiousness of it you just think that machine isn't meant to be dropped Whereas, well, they, well, these are the same people who are basically doing a sit-up when they're doing the lap pull-down. They're essentially like, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're throwing it, they're, they're swinging around. They're like, yeah, swinging down, yeah. And like, yeah. don't get me wrong, the form, the form, like I say, you can do bad form, you can mm. hurt yourself or you can not get the benefit from that movement. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's, it's the loud, obnoxious noise at the end of it to show us all that you've been doing it wrong as well. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I think that one's like a... And I mean, all of these, to be fair, like I say, the top two, as well, the first one and the last one, I mean, could be put together as the same person as well, you know? Yeah, it could be. Well, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like it would be the same person. Well, it, it doesn't yeah. actually sound like it would be what, all one what? person. This sounds like you're trying to pick on someone anonymously. Yeah. I need a <laughs> name at this point. <laughs> you've got, you've got a name in your head. It's difficult, isn't it? Because actually the gym to me is a very, I love it. So to actually pick three pet peeves was actually quite difficult. What like things that actually annoyed me. Actually um, annoyed you. Yeah. I was like struggling to think, and like I say, 
there was various things that I could have done, but I was like, Do you know what, I don't want to put myself across as the guy that's going to be moaning about people doing all this stuff wrong because actually I'd rather people be in the gym than not in the gym. So I think that with the point you make there, though, like a bit uh, serious note is like that noise, people have got to remember. If you're doing it in your own little space, it's fine, but a, a commercial gym, it's, it's yeah, loads yeah. of different people there. All the people who might be brand new, people who are normally quite shy maybe. And if you're making crashing and banging noises like that in a yeah. commercial gym, so I'm talking about a, literally a, you know, a pure gym, gym yeah, whatever yeah. they are, I think that could put people off. If you're someone yeah, who just yeah, turns definitely. up to the gym, and you hear some, you've got some absolute weapon just throwing around a lap pull down and it's just crashing everywhere. You yeah, can be intimidated yeah. and then you won't want to train. Yeah, 100% so, fully. Yeah. yeah, from that point of view, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. In your own space, it's fine. You can do what you want. But Yeah. yeah. What number are you giving that, Bill? I said 8.5, I think. 8.5. Oh. Being very generous, yeah. I feel, yeah. 8.5, yeah. Do you know what? I want to hover around 8. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm looking at it from a couple of different point of views here and that is obnoxious noises. So you know, key term being obnoxious there, that is frustrating. So we all, we all know like in the gym, it's going to be noisy no matter what. And weights do get dropped sometimes. But when it's like purposeful, obnoxious ones, yeah, that is frustrating. Um, and it's just attention seeking. But also I'm thinking about, well, obviously I kind of like help run a gym now and I'm thinking about the equipment. With weight stack machines in general, like a lap pull down, where it is like a, you know, uh, yeah, pin loaded stacks, yeah. pin loaded. People don't realise that they ain't as durable as what they think. That uh, they can actually crack over time, and for that exact reason, people fucking doing setups on the lap pull down and letting themselves get launched up into the air and slamming it down. So yeah, that is really, really frustrating from like a you know a managerial point of view. Yeah, that is mega frustrating. Actually, I might no. Do you know Sorry, what? Mate. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going up to nine. <laughs> I'm going to nine. Mr. Ivory Tower over there. Pissed, fucking hell. pissed him off. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that has gone up to a nine now because it is seriously frustrating. He's fuming. Look, you've really rounded up to like well. The only the yeah. only thing that is saving that from getting a ten is that uh, I I have headphones in, <laughs> and what I don't what I don't hear don't hurt me. But when I do, yeah, it's annoying, especially when you know that you're fucking equipment for everyone else. And if you do go to a commercial gym, like, you know, like, it fucking takes ages for equipment to get repaired and replaced, etc. So if you're, and lap pull downs sometimes like gold dust to get onto. They're really hard to get onto. People are always on them. So if you've only got one in a gym and that one fucking dick ends up breaking the weight stack, yeah, what an arsehole. Joe, this is very nearly going to a ten. Yeah, but so you're, you're buying yeah. yourself up even more as we yeah. go forward. I'm, I'm pulling back. I'm, I'm popping smoke on. I think we need. I think we need to move on here before you, you know, erupt. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, derail. I'm the squeezing my bottle. I've actually like made the top dribble out. Fucking <laughs> hell. That's what I got the tennis ball for. That's my stress oh. counter. Stress counter. I'm lacking, lacking an object. But uh, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on yeah. to the uh, the second part of the show. Don't worry, I won't keep you long, but what a perfect opportunity as you're balls deep into this episode to tell you about our brand new Patreon, where you can get even more great content from us and support the running of the podcast at the same time. So if you head over to patreon.com slash podcast, or you can see the link down in the show notes, you'll see we currently offer three tiers. The first tier, starting at the price of a cup of coffee, but what you get with that is access to monthly Q&As, access to live podcasts, access to our Patreon feed with behind the scenes access and you also get to join our private discord server 
wowie, right? So hopefully we'll see you over at patreon.com slash CSGF podcast very soon. Right then, let's get back into this week's episode. Will, we'll talk about your journey then. So yeah. after me doing a little bit of digging, I saw that, you know, you initially, you weren't initially a PT. It was not always been the thing you did. You had a stint at Abercrombie and Fitch, was it? Uh, and you then went on to be an events manager, wasn't it, as well, after, was that? Yeah, so I worked actually at Hollister, which is like a, I guess it's like a sister company to Abercrombie, they own it. Um, but that all kind of, that management role there all kind of came about, I used to work there part-time when I was studying at uni up in Preston. I actually studied golf coaching and performance. So Golf, that's very niche, isn't it? Yeah, very niche. I wanted to become a pro, I wanted to become a pro golfer or if I didn't become a pro golfer, I wanted to coach it just because at that time in my life when you're 80, when I was 18 or 19, I just loved golf. <laughs> that was it. You I still play golf now? Is it still yeah, I still life? play now, yeah. I still play. I still play a four. So it's, I play, well, it's the main sport I play outside of, obviously, you could say the gym and yeah. training. Um, but so kind of from that, over those three years at uni, I was a bit like, okay, funnily enough, actually, the golf side of things became less of a passion because all I was doing was relating everything to golf so it was effectively like a sports science degree where you had your nutrition module you had your biomechanics module your psychology module your sports development module but then every assignment that we did was how does that affect golf how does that affect golf in the media how does that affect um golf in schools how does that and everything we did different coaching methods like I don't know if you know, like long-term athlete development models and all that stuff was all related to golf. So I was all kind of golfed out. And then my part-time job that I had throughout uni, basically, when I graduated, you needed a you needed any degree, but a degree of some sort to do the manager and training program at Hollister. So I saw that as like, I always describe it as like the easy but kind of the easy option coming out of uni if that makes sense so you come out of uni you want to get money under your belt and you want a salary and you want a career and that was something that I thought well I'm comfortable in I've done it whilst working at uni so why wouldn't I then just progress on to was that meant to be a temporary thing until you got some golf sort of like a big golf um, break sort of thing so yeah I mean so when I left I looked at the golf industry and it sounds kind of shallow but the kind of money side of it and the the process of going through kind of your you have to do like a playability test where you get assessed on how good you are at golf for example and then you have to work in a pro shop um, and then build up your kind of almost like you would a PT build up your kind of like client base but obviously you work in a specific golf club and that club only and you only coach out of that club and to be blunt the salary that I was going to get from Hollister was far better than I would work in a pro shop even if I was to do some coaching so I just thought you know what I'm going to gain some experience get get a job and actually as soon as I got the job it was I actually loved it because you were suddenly put into like a position of authority like you were developing others you suddenly went from I mean there was like 150 staff at these stores they're all zero hour contractors so actually it was like it was actually really sick I loved it I loved the job because I was managing loads of people everyone was like 17 to 24 years old so we all had like the same kind of mindset it was a decent environment to work in um, and then slowly just kind of progressed up and got promoted quite quickly in that. Quickly rewind back to the golfing. So would you say, yeah, yeah. like in hindsight, 
you were thinking more emotionally than logically when you took the degree of golf because surely you would have done the research of the pathways after the university before you yeah, took the yeah. degree on but did you maybe get blinded by the emotion of like i love golf all i want to do is golf 100 percent, 100 percent. like i've done it pretty much i'd say that's almost like yeah yeah hugely like i just saw i came out of a levels i wanted to go do like product design because i've been quite arty and like but then i just thought i don't want to do something that i'm not going to enjoy i just want to go down that route of i want to do something finally when i'm out out of school that actually i really enjoy and that at the time was golf so i remember me and my dad sat down and we basically just looked at all the possibilities of higher education golf courses (laughs) and then just found the one that i thought was the best one and went on it and don't get me wrong like it was unbelievable time i had a great time at uni um studying obviously one of my favorite sports but in the long run yeah I kind of came out of it and was like well actually the better option now is to not go, go into work golf. in Hollister yeah yeah, yeah. It's going to so, do completely different literally not completely not related, different. related at all um, yeah. but the thing is what I, I mean I always like to pick and like see do like feel that things were done for a reason if that makes sense and all of like the different coaching styles that you learn through coaching golf like coaching the elderly coaching the younger children having the ability to go into a group of five six seven eight nine people actually was very quite like was very transferable into that then management role where you're having to deal with various people talk uh, and adapt how you actually talk to various people like you can't treat everyone the same and then that went on to then the management role in events and then actually realistically you're going far like we'll skip a little bit but then when you come into then the PT world it's the same again like all of that experience of demonstrating and like projecting ideas and just overall kind of that social skills and ability to talk to various different people actually is a massive transferable skill across all jobs that I've found anyway yeah totally yeah i get that just i mean a very expensive skill if you take into tuition fees (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) a very expensive one but um yeah yeah so so there's a reason yeah yeah so then i kind of worked up in hollister and then actually funnily enough i was so i went from reading to newcastle newcastle to sheffield so i moved all the way around how did that happen because obviously you're a southerner i'm I'm going to take a shot yeah yeah so i'm a southerner lived in reading born in slough um, but lived in Reading, a place called Twyford my whole life. And then basically in the Reading Hollister, they said, right, we've got a job for you. It's in Newcastle. Um, Fucking far away, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things that you kind of have to, you have to say yes to show that you're wanting to progress within the company. If you say no, they're a bit like, oh, well, we've given you this opportunity. Piss off. Otherwise, <laughs> like if you say no, effectively. So I said, yes, moved up to Newcastle. I've never been there. Um, I remember just, driving up we were staying I was staying in a holiday inn that they put me in for two weeks started managing that store um and then after 12 months there they basically said the same thing they're like right we want to move you down to Sheffield now and become general manager of that store so when you kind of move up you you effectively go from assistant manager to store manager to general manager and you have then instead of managing the associates you start to manage the managers if that makes sense like I think it yeah 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 so don't get me wrong, it's, it, was like, it was great fun. But then actually, after two years in Sheffield, um, I actually got, I got fired from that wow. job. Wow, you got yeah. fired? So Talk I was general manager. I thought I, was, I thought I was high flying. Like I was the yeah. only male. Top of the world. Yeah, I was the only male general manager. 
um like in the, UK, the tails there was like <laughs> no nah, nah, there was like six general managers only in the uk so i thought i was like progressing really well but um i effectively said something i shouldn't have said to well about someone i shouldn't have said it about i.e higher management and um it got back to them and effectively i just went and then they i had to admit to saying it um and yeah i I got fired for that. So. What, what did you What did you say, Will? Because I feel like this is something. Oh, that be, I can't. You, it yeah. must have been bad to get fired because normally you could be like, "I'm really sorry." It was a you know lack of judgment. I was having a bad day. You could probably blag things, but this sounds like it must have been you know astronomically horrendous. It wasn't the best or the brightest thing to say. Um, put it that way. I mean, I probably I won't go into full details just because. Depending what category? On what category of insult were you in? You didn't threaten um, him with a straight razor. No, no, no threatening. It was more of a. It was a compliment that I thought I was giving someone a compliment <laughs> um, in the roundabout way, but they took it as a different way. And I've, I've never known someone to get sacked over a compliment. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. Was it was it sexual? Was it you know? It was yeah. It was slightly sexual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was so, it slightly sexual? Was it? Oh, yeah, it was. Right. So in in hindsight, like I say, in the, in the, in a standard conversation, and I actually learned like it is a pretty in my eyes now. I've learned massively from that, and almost everything that's happened recently, anyway, in the news about like like various things I've had to do. I'm just a lot more aware about what I say and how other people can kind of, well, it doesn't actually matter what I think about what I say. If someone else thinks what I said is inappropriate or puts them in a different or a difficult situation, yeah, I totally. have to completely hold my hands up and say, do you know what? Yeah. I have to listen to you and I have to take the consequences from that. So in 20, that was 2017, it was quite a difficult time because I obviously still had a flat up in Sheffield that I needed to kind of pay for. I was like, well, I don't have a job, so I need to come back down south. So I came back down south, lucky enough that my parents let me live at their house for a couple of months, um, but reunited, obviously, with a lot of my close friends around here. Um, and that's then when I went into uh, event management. Um, you were because... after one year for another, another insult? No, no, <laughs> no, no. So the events management job was uh, my mate actually owns the company and he was like, well, you're obviously doing until you got fired a pretty decent job there. Would you like to come in and work for me? So that was great. But in that time, throughout the whole time at Hollister, I mean, you know Dave as well, right, Bill? Dave, well, I don't know if we can say names. You know Dave? Dave from Sheffield? Sheffield Dave? No? Was he in the army? Uh, yeah, he's in the army. Yeah, yeah. No, the only Dave I know, he's, he's, left, he's left the army now. The only Dave I know in the army. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's left it now. No, but he definitely came, he came down to Sandhurst and did some like, CrossFit competition the other day. And I'm pretty oh, sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then I said, um, I mentioned you because I'm pretty sure you were in. No, he was in your video. That was it. I'm pretty sure. Where you went like in the swimming pool and stuff. Yeah, I'd probably recognise him. Yeah, I'd probably recognise him. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I worked like with him in Hollister. Um, and we used to talk about CrossFit all the time. And another mate of mine called Troy, who's now an online coach, um, we always used to talk about leaving Hollister and becoming PTs because it's a very it was a very image based company. It was a very it was a company that everyone used to go to the gym at, um, and it was that was like the second that was the thing everyone had in common. Really, was you worked at Hollister and you went to the gym, sort of thing, because at that time everything was about image and you wanted just to change the way you looked, get shredded, get big, blah, blah, blah. Um, so when I left Hollister, the options were I can finally go into personal training. So I did my course 
in 2018 um, with the hope to do it alongside my events job. But the events job just like massively overtook. Like I was working 100 hour weeks. Yeah, I was about to say, I know a lot of, no, I would say I know a lot of people, but I know a few people who've been in that industry and it does sound quite a lot of work. Like they, people just seem to always be saying how they're just fucking flat out all week. Oh, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I can't even describe it in, until you're in it. Like you, so I had an office job. My main job was operations manager. So I was in logistics and sorting out what van goes where to what event with what kit and blah, blah, blah. But, um, but then you'd also crew the work. So not only would you do your, so the office hours were 10 till six at the weekend, you would then go on a job, on a wedding, on a conference and you would set up six till seven, stay there and then take down one till 2 a.m., drive back to the unit, unload the van and then you'd obviously have to do it all over again and again. So it was just, I kind of, because the money was reasonably good it completely took away from what I wanted to actually do was the personal training. So I sat on a personal training qualification for for ages, really, always nagging away at me at this events job going, you should really be doing this, you should really be doing this. Like, And eventually, it just led to, just before lockdown, that events job just completely took its toll on me. Like, I just don't want to use the word lost it, but I basically did. Like, I had like, huge anxiety like levels i had panic attacks on the daily like i <laughs> I, was, I had panic attacks about going to sleep so then i wouldn't go to sleep oh, it was horrendous because i couldn't figure out what it was and actually it was the job that i was in was just completely like eating well, me high up stress, it's a high stress situation isn't it You're like that that many hours and then the, the thought in your head of like i want to do this other thing but can i do this other thing because i've got this is doing me yeah, quite wise. I, think, yeah. Hmm. I think it was like a, a whole kind of it just added up from this time that i started at hollister when really like i knew that wasn't exactly what i wanted to be doing then from the time i started at the events company really go well that's not what i want to be doing it's just that whole kind of <laughs> five years knowing you're you might be earning a fair like a decent salary and you can tell people you can make your job sound good so then when they ask you you can be like oh yeah i'm doing this it's yeah, great salad, I'm, they? <laughs> I'm passionate about it yeah um when really deep down you think well i can make it sound good but it's not what i want to be doing at all yeah. um so then covid happened in well bloody when was that 20 100 years of, ago <laughs> beginning of 20 beginning of 2020 and I basically remember sitting down, um, going, don't know who I was talking to, but I was just like, I cannot go into work. So the events job, I cannot go into work tomorrow. Like, I just need a break. I don't care if I get paid less money. I just need a break and I need to do something new. And then literally the day after, we all went into work and they said, right, it's got that bad. You've got to work from home. So it was actually a massive like for me. <laughs> it was like the it couldn't it couldn't have come at the better time, better time, and actually, all of the uncertainty with all of the kind of like, like I say, the panic around COVID. It was probably the calmest. And but did you not have any work though? Were you, were you getting any money? Because surely an events company would have literally shut down over COVID. Yeah. So from March until so we stopped going in in March and then until October they had the furlough scheme running. So we were getting paid furlough, but basically after two months of furlough, I decided then that I'm just going to not, even if we were to go back, not go back and I'm going to start being a personal trainer full time. So I actually decided that in 20, 
yeah, 2020 in COVID. And that's what actually made me make that leap. It's amazing what COVID actually done to people's sort of personal business lives. Like, for example, if you just take me and Tom, it wasn't until yeah. COVID that we started the podcast. It wasn't until COVID that I started the Train Primal stuff. It, I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't until yeah. COVID that obviously Tom, now you're eventually like the manager now, you took that more, you know, you got into that sort of that field. It's like, it's amazing what the positivities that can come out of something like that when it's all doom and gloom. But like yourself, you've come out of it as well with, you know, yeah. doing into what I mean, you actually want to do. With COVID, most, uh, with most people, it was actually the opposite, especially when it comes to personal trainers. So mm-hmm. actually to get some kind of personal trainer out of COVID is actually quite refreshing to hear. Yeah, yeah. So like that's what was, I think that like I did a course with um, the guys at the PT Mentor Academy um, in October that year. Um, so Anton Nick and it was like everyone was talking about how they've been struggling, obviously how their business has like fallen through the floor because of COVID and they don't know how to cope with certain things. Like how do I go from seeing everyone face to face to then building an online um, service? But obviously there was me there basically brand new going, I've just started, (laughs) just started my business and I'm basically waiting until it was, it was effectively October um, that we started then what is what, well, it still is the funk hub. Um, I'm just not a part of it anymore. Um, and I started that with a friend. So effectively through COVID, in terms of like training and stuff, obviously we couldn't go to the gyms, could we? But my mate had this sick garage um, and he started kitting it out with some unbelievable kit. Um, however, at the time, I didn't train CrossFit and I hadn't really done much functional training. But they, my two mates that basically went to Reading CrossFit, they started buying stuff and we could go there to train but obviously the only training we could do was we had to be careful where we went because obviously people would dob us in but (laughs) it was when we went there to train it was only they would only want to train crossfit so i then i then had to be like well am i gonna just sit here and do nothing all day and moan about covid and not being able to train or actually go to this pretty cool little facility that my mate's building um, and start training. So started training, started getting into CrossFit, started completely changing my outlook on training, what it was about, why I was training, like, and I couldn't believe it because I had always previously been one of those guys to slaughter kipping pull-ups, slaughter all this stuff. Mm. We've all been there, mate. They, I mean, that's what me and Tom, because, we talk about this all the time. Yeah, because, oh, you're not recruiting all the muscle fibers you need, this, blah, 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 but not everyone. It's not the point of it. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's a complete, it's like, yeah. it's mental until you start doing it. I just find it fascinating then the difference and massive shift in mindset. So I found over COVID, literally all I was watching was Craig Ritchie on YouTube every day, all day. I was watching all of the documentaries on Netflix, like Fittest in Dubai, The Fittest, all these cross I mean, they are pretty good, though, to be fair. They are, they are pretty good. They're so sick, yeah, and I still watch them every now and again. So, um, And that's basically where, because I had obviously wanted to become a PT, and then this kind of space opened up. So me and my mate put our two heads together, and we were like, right, well, why don't we build this, basically, out of your garage, a state-of-the-art PT studio, called the funk hub was it is this, this is the funk called hub? the funk hub yeah the functional fitness hub and with our kind Good of name, new love yeah with our new like love for functional fitness and when i say functional fitness i basically mean anything that's not your standard isolated bodybuilding movement yes um because it can be such a broad word that kind of yeah, can be term, used yeah. in any different term um put our heads together and we created effectively yeah the funk hub 
Um, and we just started flyering around everywhere, posting about it, getting Facebook ads out there, putting it on all the like local Facebook groups, like personal training gym, one-to-one sessions opening up in October. And it kind of really took off from there. Like it was, it was mental, like the kind of response that we got. Um, and then effectively in October, we opened it up. And then from that moment, I start stopped getting furlough pay from my previous job and then just started solely going full time. The only money that I'm going to get is from my personal training career other, rather than anything else. So it's only really been since October 2020. So just over a year, I had my one year basically anniversary of going full time PT a month ago. Um, well, and it's been yeah one hell of a ride, but one good one, and uh, it's only getting better. So, <laughs> not to blow my own trumpet, but it's uh, with a lot of people we spoke to have obviously been in the industry probably I'd say quite a while. What you say, Tom? The people we spoke to since yeah. like now, been a good yeah, yeah. to you've been fairly. It's good. It's good, especially because someone who started as Tom said earlier through COVID, yeah, which yeah. is obviously like one of the most challenging times to start a business, which relies on human interaction. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And don't get me wrong, like we we started off like completely like we started off really busy and like we had like four five six inquiries about personal training we got all of our pricing wrong we got all of our packaging wrong we got everything wrong we did everything in block payments we did body transformations we did all the shit that effectively now i well 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 so you're you're telling me the body blitz with the funk hub was not a success is that what you're trying to tell me yeah the the eight week platinum package was not a success <laughs> whatsoever. Oh. What, what did you mean by pricing? Yeah. Get your pricing wrong. What were you just charging too much or too little? Because um, pretty- no, yeah. Well, basically, we were just charging in terms of like the we would have like our one off sessions and then we would have like our package deals, like it was 400 quid for 10 sessions, or then we would have like so many different pricing options. That oh, too many options. People just, had, yeah. people just had no idea. They had no clarity. We had no clarity what we were selling. We were like, oh, you can do this. You can drip this in here. You can do this. And it was just all, but we did get a few, like I say, we got in that first month, we got three takers um, that basically bought the 10 sessions Pla- the, for four. The package. Well, we got the three, three that did the four, the the four, the, the 10 sessions for 400 quid. And then we had one gentleman that came on with the, the platinum package, which I then mistakenly as well, basically sold completely wrong. And he effectively got eight weeks of like four sessions a week for like 450 quid, which basically made it like wow. 16 quid a session mm. or something. And I was like livid because I can't take, I can't say anything so, to this guy. Um, <laughs> um, he's absolutely laughing. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, you've but exactly, lesson, yeah. yeah, it's a lesson learned. And it was literally after that month then where I was like, do you know what? Yes, I've had a complete experience managing businesses. I've had experience in managing events. I've had high stress level jobs. Um, however, I need to completely be humbled, take off like just and just be a sponge. Hence, why I went on the course um, with inter- um, internet with Nick and Ant on that yeah, PT um, Mentor Academy, and we you basically just learn how to run a PT business. You don't really get taught like um, it's pretty good detail actually. Like I was very impressed, and it teaches you about like Calendly and Mailchimp and various like back-end procedures um, to make your life easier and stuff. And that kind of made it a bit clearer for me. And then from that point on, when it came to the new year, obviously we went into a bloody tier four 
Um, so then I started having to do outside sessions. But actually, again, because we were doing outside sessions and other, another PT, and I've noticed that other PTs weren't and stuff or through Instagram, we actually got like three, four new clients again in that time to come in because they were like, okay, these guys are actually going above and beyond and putting on these sessions and kind of going out in the rain. And don't get me wrong, it was hideous. And it was, I didn't actually, I'm not going to hold my hands up and say, I love going out. At, but it's what was on offer at the time. Exactly. Like that's what I mean, you had to do. A lot of PTs just stopped overnight. Yeah, yeah. And that's Myself it. Myself included, and, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like I was, because I was new, I definitely felt like I had, almost an advantage that I hadn't been doing it for three, four, five years. This COVID hadn't come along and ruined my business that I'd built. I was, I was, everything was new for me. So it was like, almost like that's all I knew. All I knew was one-to-one coaching out of a private studio and then outside sessions. I didn't know about on like selling, selling PT packages or whatever on the shop, on the shop floor, on the gym floor and all of this. So I, it was actually, like I say, again, like it was actually just a really good time for me to actually, I don't want to say master my craft because I'm still so young at it, but learn all the different aspects and how to market outside sessions and how to set up outside sessions and who to go to, to get permits and all of that kind of stuff that I wouldn't have done maybe if I was just thrown in, like gone the, the, the normal path into the, the gym. Yeah. yeah. It sounds very positive at this point, Will. I mean, like... But then obviously if we fast forward a little bit, I mean we spoke a bit off air about how Funk Hub itself, obviously you've mentioned earlier now that you've obviously stepped away from that. For all I've heard yeah. so far, it's all positivity, sunshine and rainbows, fucking yeah, shitting yeah. out five pound notes. But what, what, what's, <laughs> what, 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 what went two wrong? Pound, two pound coins, mate. They ain't five pound notes, I'll tell you that. If they're five pound notes, I think I would have, I don't know. You're, yeah. the, you're on the toilet right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Um, yeah, so effectively what happened was me and the other owner of the fun club we we kind of came to loggerheads about various things in terms of how many hours we were putting in and how many actual clients we were getting into the business and how how much effort we were putting into effectively growing the funk Club brand like putting on boot camps like doing the instagram marketing like going out to market for more people or whose clients were paying more because effectively what was frustrating is we had obviously put we wanted to do personal training and then class style sessions but with it being covid you couldn't obviously have more than one person in at a time because of the size of the gym so we didn't we couldn't do the small group training classes we couldn't do the threes or the four groups at 15 pound a person because it wasn't feasible and it wasn't allowed it only had to be the one-to-one stuff um so unfortunately that was just left down to me and I was the only one basically doing all the one-to-one sessions. So through lockdown, I was doing 15 outside sessions a week, whereas opposed to my partner, well, business partner, was, uh, wasn't doing any. So obviously after a while, you kind of think, well, how is this working? Like we're getting money into the business and it almost was like I could see I don't like talking about money, but I could see the financial gain that I could make from going on my own, basically, um, rather than having to split that and me earn it all, in essence. I'm guessing you were 50-50 as well, were you on paper? We were 50-50, yeah, yeah. So we mm. both invested um, the same amount of money so into the kit, and we had yeah, 50 A shares and 50 B shares, and it was just simply 
And then after that, there was like a very loose shareholders agreement that we put in um, because of, well, we just thought we'd be able to trust each other really. And actually there was no hard feelings in regards to when, when I left, like I got all the money back that I invested and there wasn't, apart from all of the effort and the time that I'd put into building that brand, which I guess is actually quite a lot, <laughs> that was the only thing that I lost, if that makes sense. Like I lost, I lost working on the website. I lost doing all the posts on Instagram. I lost all of that time. And then I had to obviously build my own brand, um, which then leads on to build fitness and what I'm doing now. Um, and almost, like I say, when we get to those later questions about the difficulties of being a PT, and that's pretty much now, like what I find the hardest is almost doing it on your own. You used to, regardless of the falling out, whatever, we used to have, we used to be able to like throw ideas around and almost get clarification if an idea was good or if it was just fucking shit. He would tell me, now that's <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. That's rubbish. Like, I don't think that's going to work. Um, and quite often that's what I need to be told because sometimes I think I'm always right and it's actually quite nice to tell them, get told you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get because you. Because you, otherwise you waste so much energy on these things that you think are perfect, don't you, really? Um, but yeah, so now I've now we've kind of split ways. I've got the money back and I invested the money back into um, a new space, new kit, managed to save a bit of money, which is always a bonus as well. Um, but it's, again, it's essentially I, the same thing, isn't it? Forgive me if I'm wrong, it's essentially a similar thing. It's as you've, yeah, got, you've yeah, got a studio I, again, haven't you? Yeah, so luckily enough, again, this is why I think, again, I'm going to answer this question a bit when we talk about favorite things about being a PT, but um, one of my clients is uh, has just bought a new house in the village down from where I live, and he's not moving into it for 18 months, and just through personal training and obviously building a good relationship with him, he's just said, mate, you might as well use my double garage for the next 18 months. Um, enough. Now... Some say it's luck, some say fucking hell mate, you've got well lucky, blah, blah, blah. I like to think of it as actually now I've worked now, what, 10 years in various industries, worked my you've ass off. You've got a break, off. you've, you've caught I've, a break, yeah, they say, isn't it? Yeah. I've caught, yeah, I've caught a break and I'm going to I'm gonna run with it. I'm not going to go, oh yeah, I'm lucky actually now, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to say, do you know what, I'm going to take it, I'm going to stay with this geezer as well. I'm going to make him, I'm going to be the best PT I can to him as well to show that he made the right decision and why wouldn't I, do you know what I mean? So I've been very fortunate and you could say blessed in that regard and um so now i have yeah like a nice exactly the same and the beauty of it was i know what i did wrong with the front cup initially in terms of the pricing in terms of what kit to buy i've learned all the lessons and now i can transfer that over it just seems a bit it was a bit stressful and a bit frustrating having to do basically the same thing again in such a short (laughs) short period of time having set up one place eight months ago to now having to do it all over again but like I say, I've got to count my blessings rather than get frustrated about things. You can almost call it, call it short-term suffering for the long-term gain, isn't it? Like you've had to go through a bit of shit now, like doing this all nice and quick. But in the in the long term, it's obviously the best thing to have done because yeah, yeah. you've stayed. If you've stayed in that situation, just on the emotional side of thinking, going, I've put all this work and I've done all this, I've built it all up, and that, that you know, you would have been stuck there, and it would have just yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, like I say, I'm, I mean, it can't have really worked out any better from the moment that we effectively decided that I was going to go on my own to now if I actually break down the timeline and think of it unemotionally take emotions out of it I couldn't really ask for it to be like I say gone any better so it's been um like I said it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride like there's been definitely angry days arguments 
various threats, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very fucking hell. No physical, no physical ones, but... Uh... <laughs> the thing is, though, like, even with, like, a negative experience, it is still experience. Yeah, At the time, you could be having a really shit time. You could have fallouts, you could have disagreements, etc. You can, you know, have all these negative experiences, but exactly that it is still an experience. It is still feedback, particularly in this industry, in the PT industry, there is... Jesus Christ, I when I first started and I cringe at all the things I did wrong, but it's, there's not really, I mean, you said like you've got a mentorship, which was, you know, pretty cool. A lot yeah, of yeah. people just kind of go into the business blind and the only way you learn is for your initial failures. So it is cool that actually you've just dusted yourself off, learned from that and yeah, cracking on and it seems like it's working out quite well. So yeah, fair play. Yeah, so far, so good anyway. We'll see how it goes. We'll get you back on into yeah, touch. Well, that is it. Yeah, you said. <laughs> right, boys, back in Hollister now. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they won't. They won't have me back. They would not have me back. I tell you. So I need to know. You need to tell us off air what you fucking said. Yeah, this, this, this is you, like, this is this is brutal. <laughs> the listeners, the listeners are gonna be like, oh, we need to fucking know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll find out. I'm sure. Yeah, they, they join us on Patreon. We'll sell them. Yeah. 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 We'll move on, kind of like. Uh, well, you sort of alluded to earlier, didn't you, about your favourite part of being a PT? Now, I've put in the notes here: uh, anything but helping people. And I know obviously that's a big part of being a PT, but it's it's the it's, I want to say it's a cop out answer, but it is the most common answer you get when you ask any PT what is your favourite part of it. It's like, oh, I love helping people and getting yeah, people results. Yeah. I want to know: is there anything you can maybe think of which is maybe a bit outside the box? Uh, for me, like I say, the way that I've done it, especially like having my own space, um, I personally think has allowed me a massive freedom to express myself as a personal trainer and my who I am like through my Instagram like I don't know how it works but if I was say a a PT at Pure Gym um, I'm sure there'll be certain things that I don't know I couldn't say or I couldn't do or I'm not sure there'd be restrictions I'd have to give a certain amount of time up to do the classes there and put the gym floor hours in but the kind of financial risk you could say I've taken by putting all my house deposit on gym kit <laughs> effectively <laughs> is it has given me that complete control over my working hours so the free the freedom that I have now and I don't like to use the cliche word of balance but I have a, such a better work-life balance now than I have ever done in any other industry um, and I do, like I say, the max I do a week is 25 hours of one-to-one. Um, it varies between 20 to 25. Um, so, and I think I have complete control over then as well what I believe is success I've actually put here. Yeah. Like when you're working for someone else and you're working with other people, everyone always has a different hmm. kind of perception of what success is. So if I was maybe doing it somewhere else they'll be like so why aren't you pushing for 30 hours a week or why is your price point why are you averaging your price point at 37 pound 50 why are you not pushing it to 45 pound an average an hour and all of this stuff and I think when you work for yourself you have you have the ability and you have control over what you yeah what you deem successful and right now having the ability to be 30 years old and for the first time I believe actually have a want to say have a life but having been in such work heavy and hour heavy per week job environments before being a PT now has actually enabled me not to have that and actually have a bit of control over being able to play golf again being able to do certain things like 
have mornings off or have evenings off or not work the weekends, actually tell my clients, you know what, no, I don't work weekends. You've got to do it Monday to Friday. I, I can kind of resonate with what you're saying. There. I was listening quite intently though because I'll be getting out of the army pretty early next year. And yeah, one of the yeah. main reasons for that is because of that control of success. Yeah. At the moment, when you're employed by someone or you're in sort of you know, a biggest, you know, a big organisation like the British Army, for example, you're, yeah. I wouldn't say you're limited. Obviously, they do try and push you to you know the highest you can go, but, but you, you're not in control. You out. You're not in control, yeah, yeah. and there's things around you which you may deem unfair. You know, for example, the thing I like to shimp about to people is you can work your ass off and get paid the same as someone else who's doing nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, hundred. But there's obviously yeah. no accountability because you're in that or an organisation. Whereas when you're on, when you're doing your own thing and you're in control, as you said, there, yeah. you're, you're in control of your own success. You can, yeah, yeah, it's just a lot. I feel like it's a better life if you get it right. Yeah, obviously, yeah. if you get it wrong, it's obviously you know catastrophic. But <laughs> yeah, it's definitely don't get me wrong. There's pressure there, isn't there? To obviously yeah, do that consistently, and that kind of came on to like the hardest thing about being a PT is the fact that you always have that personal pressure that you could be mm. doing more, um, but you know it's down to you rather than someone else putting that pressure on yes. you or mm-hmm. someone else taking that pressure off you at a certain time. And I feel like out of all the jobs, out of all the many jobs that I've had, I sound like some bloody philosophical knobhead, don't I? But out of, the, <laughs> out of the jobs I've had, the level of self-worth and self kind of, you could say self-love that I have now is far more than I've ever had because it's like, the successes as well are you, you you're selling yourself aren't you as your service like any pt knows to, how to do a bulgarian split squat any pt knows how to do well you would hope so like all these different movements but people you would choose, hope so <laughs> yeah yeah people choose people choose you because it's you so as soon as you get that client and as soon as someone inquires or as soon as even if it's oh yeah that is a sick instagram post i really agree with what you're saying it's 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 almost so much better and actually the affirmation of kind of appreciation is a lot better than when you're in another job and they go, oh yeah, great job doing that floor set, set, set oh, great summer floor set. Well, it wasn't really me, you just gave me the standards and I had to do it exactly how you wanted me to do it because if I did it, didn't exactly. do it, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd, I'm on set anyway, so piss off. But uh, <laughs> it's, I think that's like, a, I mean, that was a long, long-winded uh explanation of just saying you have control and it's down to you to get the clients and when the clients come to you you know they're coming for you and it's it feels good where do you where do you see the future then well kind of where do you see this going obviously it's quite new the goal the main goal is effectively to have a small group training facility that effectively runs classes from 6 a.m until 1 p.m in the daytime People pay membership a month. They come to those classes. I have other coaches coach those classes and then I can PT myself around, like not PT myself, but PT other people around that. So I'm still getting that one-to-one because I don't, so far in the industry, it was going to be one of my pet peeves as we were talking about like the fitness industry is like online kind of gurus trying to obviously always get into your DMs and tell her you can earn 10K a month and all of this stuff. Like I haven't been sold the online coaching route yet. Like I haven't been given enough of like evidence um, and from my kind of passion of that one-to-one coaching and that face-to-face time I spend with my clients, the online coaching route hasn't kind of grabbed me yet. So the goal is just keep it, I want to say old school, keep it old school, open up a small gym, keep that kind of community-based entry-level fitness as my value. 
So getting people into it rather than not like my my main thing is be exercise rather than don't exercise and to get a, get an environment where people love to come to do that and there isn't that like almost thing where you have to be in that person's life consistently coaching them making them get these mad results and being a better person of themselves and having all these cliche sayings i just want it to be a nice warmly warmly environment where people come they train they have that they have their fun they understand that exercise is important they start to move better they start to feel better and then they can just carry on with what they want to do outside of their life so less pressure more of an incentive to come basically yeah exactly like that they've just got a better place to come and it's just completely about environment and like build fitnesses like slogan like slogan is basically greater than before and that's not necessarily going oh i'm a greater person because who's to say that they're not already a great person but they might just be having a bad day they come to build fitness they do their class or they do their one-to-one session and they literally leave feeling greater than Mm. they were before they came in sounds like you want to open a crossfit box here will um, literally i've written down in one of my notes that effectively this is what it sounds like crossfit here it says i've actually put here um get out of the narrative that personal trainers are just body transformation coaches um and that actually being able to run a five kilometer without dying is far more impressive than having abs and being shredded why i love the crossfit message so much no mirrors um don't get me wrong i've put there's loads of wrong things with crossfit like with steroids and stuff but that's another conversation <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that that main that main message of actually when you go to crossfit and you're in a crossfit box you're not doing it to look better you're not doing it to have bigger chest bigger arms because you don't bench you don't do that you do it to move better faster with a bit of competition um but probably not like i say to the I still feel CrossFit boxes are pretty intimidating, like it for the general population. So something just at a little bit lower level than yeah, that. Yeah, some can be. I'd agree with that. Yeah, some can be. I think it depends on on the box as well and the, the people. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's luck of the draw. Wherever you open one, if your initial clientele are obviously quite, I don't know, bubbly and you know happy, is that 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 could be quite. But if you get like a you know hardcore fucking CrossFit hooligans is like your initial yeah, clientele, exactly. then yeah. If someone walks yeah. in like you know first day and they just see fucking blokes doing like massive snatches, yeah, just launching barbells at one thirty. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. be a bit like what? You're like what the fuck? The headbands and knee sleeves <laughs> everywhere, and yeah, people yeah, putting yeah. ups and chalk chalk powder, it's clouds everywhere, carnage. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's the goal. It's just to continue just pushing my values. Um, I know that sounds a bit harsh, but yeah, just spreading my values and kind of changing the narrative that you don't have to constantly be searching for this these infamous results to be in fitness like fitness is more than i just think looking for results like it's just part of life and the better people the sooner people realize that actually doing it and just having it in your life rather than it needing to be this thing that's constantly assessed and constantly like scrutinized on a daily basis and you need to check check in after every like i always relate it to food like imagine if i had to check in literally after everything i ate and tell people how satisfied i was after it it's like that with fitness it's like i get i get it but it's more than that it is it should be able to be done like on your own just 
integrate it into life rather than this thing that you have to like fully then commit yeah people to. can't yeah. just do fitness these days or health fitness about there has to be a result there has to be like oh i yeah, need yeah. to get these results they can't just do it for the sake of enjoyment and yeah, the health exactly, benefits yeah. come of it physically yeah. mentally like you, you don't it does, it, nothing has to be as full-on as you as you said you don't have to be like diaries this diaries that fucking yeah, oh, yeah. problem is is uh in regards to fitness a lot of people there's this whole culture about oh, fitness is uh, not about being fun. It's a it's a job, it's a yeah, duty. Yeah. You know, it's non-negotiable. As well as things where that sounds cool and everything, it makes a nice little uh, you know most shitty Instagram post where they then got a picture of one of the Shelby brothers in the background yeah, for some exactly. reason. <laughs> you know, the Shelby brothers. Do you know what I mean? Like, why is we, yeah. or Tom Hardy cracking his knuckles and it'll say something yeah really really yeah, shit yeah, yeah, gym yeah. related. Yeah, out of context, uh, gym motivationals, motivational quotationals, like the live, laugh, live of the gym world. But there, yeah, I mean, um, like, at the end of the day, willpower is finite. Do you know what I mean? If people like training, thinking, oh, yes, it's something I've got to do, even though I hate it, it's something I've got to do, you know, you crack on. But I mean, the thing is, we actually wanted to be, I want to pick my words carefully, not, not low effort. We want people to know that they can come into exercise whenever they want. It's not like from day one, as soon as they do it, they have to constantly do it every day, every fucking... It's non-negotiable. They can't take time off. Time off is for pussies, etc. Oh, you've got to train hard. You've got to train to failure. Harder than last time and all this other shit. It's like, it it would just be nice to actually encourage people to move. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a difficult thing, isn't it? Because I feel like sometimes personal trainers, well, they build narratives, I think. Oh, 100%. build, Build narratives for people to kind of latch on to like I've already seen so many Instagram posts about people shitting it about Christmas and I'm like well no they're not actually shitting it about Christmas you're making them shit it because you're going oh I can see I I can sense I can sense you're nervous about the new festive period coming up and it's like well they're not actually they're probably quite looking forward to it but now you're you're, now you're saying (laughs) they've got to be thinking about it when actually all they wanted to do was just do it and then actually realize that it hasn't changed them they haven't actually put on that much weight and you know what it was all right. <laughs> I mean, speaking of uh, narratives as well, there's also a common narrative that, you know, exercising without a plan, without a goal, without a metric to measure from is just useless. It's like, what's well, yeah, not yeah. the case? You don't no, know what yeah. people's goals are. You ain't got to have a specific goal. You might just simply enjoy doing what you're doing and you want to get out to move. And that is exercise. Whether some Instagram knob agrees with that or not, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the plague of perfectionism, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is, like, yeah, 100%. It's gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah. But that's the future anyway. That was another long-winded bloody explanation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it down to about six seconds, mate, if you go. <laughs> no, um, 100% right. I mean, we keep on placing these barriers to exercise, and one of those can be the pursuit of perfection or the pursuit of, no, no, you have to work hard. Don't get me wrong. We want people to, you know, train with intensity. But at the end of the day, when we're trying to get, especially to the general population, get them off of the street especially when like activity levels are shockingly low like the physical guidelines for the people that you know actually take part in those guidelines it's a shockingly low amount of people we just want to say look you're welcome to come here you ain't got to go full balls to the wall fucking three hour emom you know three yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right, you, there, there, there is a low barrier that you can enter to and if you want to be that crossfit games want to be with the you know headband on the knockos and clean and pressing a billion kg crack on but you don't have to be that person you know you can enter
Okay, guys, we'll move on to the final part of the show. Now, I was looking forward to this, but I feel like Will, Will has sort of somewhat ruined it. Oh, fuck yeah, no, really? Yeah, right. But Sorry, basically... Oh, was this to do with your shit poker face earlier, Bill? Yeah, I was getting a bit. Yeah. Better, but yeah, basically... I, <laughs> oh, you should have said, mate. You should have just said, shut up. No, it's fine. It's fine. So basically, Will, you obviously know I know this person now, but I know one Mr. Dave Hawksworth, who I know is going to be listening yeah, to my podcast. Very you know, good, good friend of mine. Uh, we, yeah, we, we, no. we, had a, we had a little chat off air about you, Will. You did, you, you did do well, by the way, but you actually stumped me because I was like, fucking hell, I'm pretty sure he knows him. I'm sure he knows that little bastard. I, I, think just, had to, <laughs> I just had to sit back quietly and just watch Bill gaslight Will. No, I'm sure you know him. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know him. <laughs> Before we recorded this podcast, I was in my head thinking, right, you need to be prepared in case he mentions it because I was thinking there's a good chance he might have seen it in a post or he might have spoke to him about it. So I was like, right, get it wired into your head that if he mentions Dave, you just go blank. You don't even smile. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. go, Dave? Like, and I was like, I was thinking, yeah, do not laugh. Did, I, was like, I, don't, I didn't even look well, at Tom. Mate. I was like, if I looked at Tom, <laughs> I would have gone. I would have literally gone. But yeah, so I, know, I, I saw I know, you looking to the side. <laughs> see, I, I know Dave. Uh, we had a good chat off air. Um, yeah, well, ask uh, him what I said, mate. He'll know. He knows exactly what I said. He's told me all sorts. Well, um, I'm yeah, not sure yeah. how nervous you are. I'm not sure how nervous you are at this point. Um, I've got pictures. I've got videos. Oh, no, I've not got videos. <laughs> don't worry. I've not got videos. If I did have videos, they'd probably be. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. But, but no, there's a couple no. of things you did say, which um, sort of a question. So hang on. Just um, I want to get this. Oh no, I didn't know the name. Right. So I want to ask you about a very interesting individual. Um, I want to ask about Lee from Rotherham. Apparently you and him. Apparently you and him. Apparently you and him were really good friends back in the uh, the holiday days. He was a handyman. He used he used to come in and um. Lee from Rotherham. Yeah, I can show you. Pic- Hang on, I'll show you a picture. I've got a picture of you and you and said individual. I've probably got the name wrong now. Yeah, yeah, Lee from Rotherham. Fuck yeah, no. I've got. Hopefully it comes out clear. There's a pic- <laughs> So Dave sent me a picture saying this is uh this is him uh, managing a useless tradesman called Lee from Rotherham, and I'll show you a picture if you can see that. Can you see that right? Oh, fucking hell. I don't know if you recognise said individual. Lee from Rotherham. I don't recognise Lee from oh, Rotherham. Such... <laughs> Lee yeah. from Rotherham sounds like a rogue trader. Lee from Rotherham. Lee Babe, from... Nah. The, uh, the context wait, honestly... was that you you would call this guy up to do jobs and he'd come up and he'd be like, oh, I, I don't know how to fix it. I, I don't know what to do. And you'd be like, well, that's why I fucking called you, Lee. Like, because... <laughs> I, I, I definitely remember the maintenance team, basically. You had to input these maintenance requests and then they would come in and be like, that's not what I do. Why have you called me out to do this? And then I would get slaughtered because it wasn't fixed every walkthrough. And I'd be like, well, no, I, got, I had the maintenance team here, but I would... I think Dave was far more friendly than I was, so I'd never have got his name. Oh, he's northern, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He used to call people love. I remember Dave used to get slaughtered all the time because he used to call people love. He'd be like, you're right, love. And they'd be like, don't call me love. (laughs) Don't call me... Don't call me love. Don't call me love. You're right, fella. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised that's all he sent you, to be fair. I've no, he sent me more. He sent, he, he sent me more, but I want to be, I want to, I want to turn the tables here because I know Dave's going to listen to this. Let's, let's go fucking rogue here. You know, we put you yeah, on the spot. Let's yeah. put him on the spot. Oh, Tell me, Dave, mate, yeah. what's, what's Dave been up to? What, what was he like working with? Oh, Dave was, um, well, he was massive CrossFit wanker at the time. What was he? Like, I can imagine, CrossFit yeah. wanker. He used yeah. to come in with his backwards cap, 10 black coffees a day. His bloody coffees like it, that was it. Like I used to slaughter. He used to tell me all the time as well, oh, mate. Like, I swear he was like slaughtering me because I'm not good at CrossFit. He'd be like, mate, you'd be great at CrossFit. You should come down. And I never did because I just knew he was trying to get me to be shit at it. And him, <laughs> him, 
be sick. I'll tell you what, the first thing that he did, this is a funny story, was he showed me his, his rectus spinae, his big fucking, big, big muscles on his back. He goes, yeah. look at these, mate. He bent over and he got his back out. I met, I hardly met him. And he showed me these two massive lumps on his back and he was like, oh, mate, that's CrossFit, that. Too many, <laughs> not, not, not injured well enough. And, oh, <laughs> that's not CrossFit, Dave, that's a tumor. <laughs> and, yeah, that was fucking, that was actually hilarious because I went up to see one of my old mates that we used to work with, Troy, in Manchester. And that was the first thing that he said to me. He said, God, I remember when Dave just lifted Got his up back his shirt out. and showed me, showed me those big lumps on his back. Oh yeah, he's funny. He's we used to spend a lot of time out in Leeds as well, actually, because like, we used to go out in Leeds a lot. But um, yeah, he's yeah, like <laughs> he's a funny bloke. The reason I actually found out you you two knew each other, which was like a bombshell, was uh, I was going because obviously I was doing you know the, the usual research. We do a lot of research on this podcast, even on the chat with PT. So I was stalking your um. Yeah, you've done Instagram, like, I was, the, the questions you gave me, I was actually blown away. I felt like I was going for a job interview. I thought a job interview. Yeah, yeah. I thought shit. Sometimes he peeks through windows. That's that's the picture I found. That's the, that's the picture I found with you in the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's so Troy. So Troy's that Troy's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Troy now is a successful. Yeah, he's an actual online coach now. He's doing really oh, well for himself up oh, in Manchester. Nice. Um, so he, I actually speak to him a lot as well, but like advice and stuff about like various things within the industry, like like using Go Cardless and streamlining back end like processes, which is. But um, but yeah, there was a trio. I want to I want to talk about these these hashtags here, Will, because um they're, they're good. So you, hashtag trap hashtag trap city, hashtag trap quad city, goals, yeah. quad goals zero quads as well. Yeah, basically back in the day, in that picture, as you can probably tell from the legs that aren't filling out the jeans in that picture, I had never trained legs ever and would never train them, and I was quite actually in awe of uh, Dave's quads. So yeah, I used to sort them and say he had no quads, but actually I was quite quite jealous of them actually to be fair and then the last two here will are hashtag i love crossfit hashtag i love wakey <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he did i think dave is probably the most british man i've ever met in my life he's like yeah the epitome epitomizes like yorkshire britain if that's even a thing but uh yeah no we had good times and i saw him the other day he came down to Sandust actually and then we popped into the he popped in popped into the gym got a picture of that as well i've got both sorts of pictures i've got a picture yeah of that. there we go see so he's yeah. actually one of he's actually one of the only mates that have come to see my new gym actually which is quite sad just a tough uh, just a tough man dave isn't it yeah he is yeah he does he's good he's a good lad um should i, should I see if i can make you cry yeah? should i see if i can make you cry will so he's been very he's been very kind okay he's been very kind um, he has said he said you're a top boy that's what he started with. he goes he's a top yeah. boy genuinely would okay. run through brick walls for him he's got a big personality <laughs> uh, could be on radio <laughs> or TV doesn't give a fuck what people think about him oh uh, yeah well that I mean I used to not give a fuck yeah until I got fired and lost my job and lost a load of money and had to pick myself l- back up again he but... learned a lot from you as well he said I learned a lot from him a lot about a lot yeah yeah decent God, he's speaking very highly of me so he is yeah he loves you but I'm always waiting yeah. for a bat here <laughs> and then he sent me a picture of that, which I don't know what's going on there, but this, this, you're, you're looking very... Is that is that why you got fired? Did Sight go wrong yeah, after this nah. picture? So this is actually, <laughs> this is the exact picture that I was asking him about the other day, because I was like, <laughs> I said, can you remember that one night that this happened? And that is the girl. Yeah, so I, that's nothing to do with why I got fired, don't know. <laughs> um, that was... 
Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually very happy. He could have put yeah, he could have put. He could have done. He, he have, see, that's yeah. you obviously you can hear by the kind words. He obviously thinks you very fondly. I'm almost thinking that he came to visit you at your gym for other reasons other than to shift in and maybe shift something no, else. No. He didn't yeah. shift anything actually. He just sat there and just drank coffee, black coffee. Um, of course he did. Ten. Yeah, yeah, that was it with his little grin on him. But uh, yeah, I'm happy now because fucking hell, I thought he was going to say. He, was gonna, he could have literally slaughtered me. <laughs> he could have made me. He could have. He, he could have actually made me cry. To be honest, if he had just yeah said a few. Well, second things. secret question: What 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 did you think he was going to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah. he knows. Like I say, he knows ex girlfriends. He knows about why I was fired. He knows what I think of various people as well. So he could have got me. <laughs> yeah, he could have got me good. So fucking oh, I owe him. He's done you a sure solid to. there by staying strong. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. sorted me out. That's right. I'm a bro next time you see him, mate. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I've probably got to see him for ages now. He's probably listening, Will. Anything you want to say to him? Um, I love I you, mean, Dave. Nah, nah, nah. Thanks. I'll just say thanks. I love thanks. that. I'll call and collect you all there. Just chill out. Yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> for being right, discreet. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. After, after this, you'll call him, cry on the phone, go, Dave, sir, thank you so much. You know, you, you sorted me out. <laughs> I will message him. I will give him a message. I think he appreciates the message. I think he, he always gives me very, very, very long in-depth analysis of my uh, lifts after I post them on Instagram. Oh, really? He's one of those, is he? Unsolicited advice, is he? Fuck's sake, Dave. T1, T2, T3, finish the pool here. You rushed under the bar here. You need to focus on this and that and bar path here and keeping it close to my core artists. But it sounds a bit, but it sounds a bit where you don't pay attention to anything. <laughs> hey, mate, I'm, I'm flying at the moment. I'm buzzing. PB's left, right and center. Purpose. PB's left, right and center. So. Oh, I like it. That's, that's what matters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Turf, turf, games. turf games, are you? Nice. Yeah, we're going to do the winter one, 29th of January. Uh, it's just a one day at this time. But uh, do that in January, give me something to train for, and then I'll do another one, the main one in summer again. Because I got humbled, truly humbled last time. Tom, have you got any secret questions? My secret question was finding out what Dave could have said. <laughs> but uh, I- I'm happy to end that there. <laughs> I don't think I want I'm almost scared now. You've had enough of me. I don't blame you because I, I do chat shit and it is so long. Every time. Well, you are on chat shit, get fit, Will. Yeah, yeah my clients. The, it's in the title. Yeah, my clients. I struggle to stick to the hour just because I chat so much. It's fucking, it's bad. But I'm getting better. Concise assertiveness. That's okay. We've managed to make a whole podcast out of just chatting bollocks. So Yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's a good way to be, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's working. a good way to be. Yeah, yeah. With Best slivers way. of education mixed in just yeah, to make exactly. be relevant. Just so we're not, you know. Yeah, awesome. I think we'll uh, call it there. We'll uh, we'll stay on just after this for a brief second. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We, need, we need to find out the, uh, the, the you know the the in depth stuff that happened behind the scenes. You better just make sure you press stop recording or whatever. I will just press stop. So, oh, yeah, uh, if you want, and if you want to hear what's said afterwards, then uh, head over to Patreon and uh, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll hook you up with some juicy <laughs> with some juicy intel. Um, Where we're all for breaching GDPR. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get sued and the podcast ends. Brilliant. Uh, but no, it's, um, yeah. it's been great to talk to you, mate. Um, I'm sure we'll... Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having social me on. Media. Yeah. Pleasure. We'll link all your stuff down on uh, social media. Uh, where, where, where would people find you? What would be the best place people to find you? Uh, just at turville.will.train and on Instagram. And then nice. yeah, you any other things on there. It's got my link tree, isn't it? So If you like comedic photoshops um head over to there because yeah. there is there are some great posts with a... Yeah, a few little... No, in all honesty, there's some really good informatives on there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not quite as like I say, not quite as scientifically based, but actually, like I say, that's getting 
that's my uh, that's the next step. That's my next. I can't do everything at once, can you? So no. I got to then just do what we do. Just lying. No one ever checks the citation. <laughs> don't say that, Tom. We, we are just we, we say we we say we throw up PubMed IDs. We don't. We just we throw out like a random eight digit number and just hope for the best. <laughs> no I one ever do, checks it. <laughs> I did do one the other day where I put a link to where I found the information from, expecting people to be like, "Well, this is not a, this isn't a." Um, it's a Wikipedia article. Yeah, this is shit. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But actually, it got the fewest likes ever because it was probably actually good information, and I will never do that again. I'll just. You're right. I'll just that's, put, that's another topic in itself. Will. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, oh, the industry. We live the in a society. We live in a society. Well, I love it. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's been it's been a pleasure as always, guys. Uh, and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Yeah, have a good evening. Have a good one. As always, thanks for listening. If you are new around here, we hope you'll uh, stick around and jump into our back catalogue where we discuss a wide range of topics including recovery modalities, diets, myth busting and more recently supplements. So yeah, hit that subscribe slash follow button and join us every Monday for some hopefully entertaining, educational health and fitness content. We will see you next week, same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon. (laughs) 